Well, his name is Ryan and he can't wipe his ass. Let me tell you one thing, he'll sure make you laugh. He's a comic by night and he's really quite the lad. And I bet that you'll find his comedy's pretty rad. He likes Wu-Tang and Star Wars and boobs, to name a few. He'll tell you all about it while he takes a poo. Now on to the show, it's time for some laughs from Ryan LaChance. And the people who wipe my ass There we go. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to episode 24 of Ryan Shots and the people who wipe my ass. I'm Ryan Shots, and once again, I'm with my beautiful co-host, Angie. Say hi, Angie. Hello. On today's episode, we have one of my best friends in comedy, one of the most hardworking people in comedy, and one of the most... Entertain people to have uh, sausage with it. That sounds weird, but the last meal I had with you was um, German sausage, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, why that That came me. to your mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I think of this guy, I think of German sausage. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Gagnon. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. He just introduced himself. So, how you doing, John? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I like making people feel really awkward off the top, so that's what I'm doing right now. Good. Because <laughs> uh, I don't ever feel awkward, so this is perfectly fine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when we're comedians, we're never awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we thrive in awkward. Yeah. When the world's on fire, we're like, this will be fine. <laughs> yeah, we can handle this. I've been through yeah. worse. Yeah. That's how I felt during COVID. Everyone was freaking out. I was like, this, this doesn't seem as bad <laughs> as everyone's making it be. But. The only thing that was crappy about COVID is... Uh, I couldn't perform. Yeah, and, and all I, the comedy clubs had to shut down. That, yeah. that was horrible. Mm. And I, I had Zoom shows. Those oh. were horrible, yeah. yeah. I, I used did. to do them in my bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I just got an instant laugh, you know what I mean? Yes. It was like, all right, we're going to cut to John Gagnon. I'm in a bathtub <laughs> drinking red wine. Yes. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do something, right? Like, <laughs> the one and only comedy show I did on Zoom was with another um, disabled comedian from back east that I had never met before. Um, and no one told me anything about him. And he started the show, and he was a, a gay fetish comedian. Wow. In a wheelchair. and uh, So that was a big <laughs> hurdle <laughs> for me to absorb as the show's going on. And I'm, I'm sitting there with my mic off going... Shit, like, what am I going to say that this guy's already, like, he's covered so many, like, <laughs> topics, nothing I can say. He's leaving nothing behind. Yeah, I was like, um. Did you so, figure it out? Well, the first two minutes, I was just like, I don't think my mic's working. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then I figured it out, and then everything was fine, because I just reminded myself that I can be funny even in the most awkward of situations. Yeah, you have that incredible ability. What was the story you were telling me the other day where you were at a wedding and some guy was, he had an, a weird topic that he was talking to you about? Oh, yeah. He was, it was actually Kevin's, Kevin Clarkson's wedding. And uh, Kevin, as a joke towards me, sat me beside his uh, now wife, his best friend, uh, who was extremely autistic and he talked about animal genitalia for four and a half hours. Yeah, which you would think you would be, like, completely bored by. No. 
I was absolutely <laughs> absorbed. It was the most interesting thing I've ever talked about. Because for one, he was very knowledgeable, and he had facts to back everything up with videos, which yeah. I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. And two, just watching other people's faces around us, it was fucking priceless, man. I was just like, this is the greatest moment I've had at a wedding ever. Um. Yeah, that's amazing. And and that's what I and that we were talking before the show and that's just like what I love about you is that you can find the funny out of anything and that that story is perfect. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I had a really weird show yesterday um because they they started a GoFundMe for me to raise money for my van and if you want information about the GoFundMe, go to my website wellandonechance.com. You can donate there. You can spread the video. You can do whatever you want. Just donate money. I don't give a shit what you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the show was... Was weird. Four by four enthusiast appreciation day. So all these guys <laughs> had like these big jacked up trucks. It's a specific demographic. Yeah. yeah. The four by four yeah. appreciation yeah. day. Yeah. A lot of chads and brands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was a lot of bro talk and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it a was lot a, of fuck yeah, buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was in the middle of a car dealership. Yeah. Like, outside in the sun uh, with all these, like, 4 by 4s around me. It was like the... If, did they have an umbrella for you, or uh, did they you just awning, sweat it out? They, 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 all the sound equipment was under the awning, so they pushed me from underneath the awning in front of the crowd so people could see my face. And I'm like, nobody cares why I'm here right now. They're like, why is this dude in the wheelchair yelling into a microphone yeah. about his grandmother's vagina? Yeah. And I'm like, so, but it, it was fun because it challenged me a lot because uh, I really had to test my ability to think on the spot and think of material. That, that truck-related material. Yeah, that yeah. Tra- and I can only go to the well of being a transformer so many times before they're like, we get it, dude. Yeah. You're in a wheelchair, you're a prayer machine. <laughs> Skynet is real, like, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you had a fundraiser for a wheelchair probably about six years ago, and I was new to comedy, and I went, and uh, I love raffles. Uh, so I probably spent, like, I don't know, 120 on raffles, because, like, if people are like, oh, can you donate? I'm like, sure. But then it's like, can you donate, but maybe get a prize? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, now I'm in. Yeah. It's almost like gambling to me, like yeah. sports gambling. <laughs> so I'm out there, like, putting raffles and everything or whatever. And at uh, the end of the show comes, we're like, we're going to draw the way. So Susie goes up there, she starts pulling them out. And sure enough, I'm winning, like, every second prize to the point where people started to hate me. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think, like, two of them, I was like, oh, you can draw another one. Like... <laughs> Walked out of there with just like arms full of stuff. Mm. I think I got $120 worth of stuff from my 120 in raffles. So. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and, and I got my ramps. Yeah. So it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. I could access the stage to do my job for very little money, and you got a bunch of prizes. I got so many prizes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Lots of gift cards to like, pl- yeah, places, which I love. Um, what, I, I got a funny story about going to. Uh, to a uh, place I was uh, at work and there's a place called Savio Volpe that has uh, it's like a two month wait list to go Saturday or Friday night it's such a nice restaurant mm-hmm. and so I tried to go and it didn't work out and then my buddy at work goes uh, hey uh, does anyone here want to go to Savio Volpe my buddy's got a two month reservation but he can't make it tonight and then I was like oh yeah I'll take it 
And uh, he goes, you sure you can pretend to be someone else? I'm like, yeah, I grew up in theater. Like, I can. Yeah. I was like, what's the guy's name? And he's like, Doug Remington. And I'm like, I don't know if I can pull it off. <laughs> so I like, went home and I'm like overthinking my outfit. I'm like, would Doug wear a sweater vest, do you think? So what you end up wearing? Well, I was so nervous about it that I ended up sending uh, Emily in first. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, oh, I'm with Doug Remington or whatever. Yeah. And so I ended up wearing a nice button-up shirt or whatever. <laughs> and in my mind, I was an, uh, an attorney for family law. <laughs> and they're like, right this way, Mr. Remington. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> the server comes by. I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Aiden. I'm like, I'm Doug Remington, <laughs> attorney. <laughs> Child protective services. <laughs> <laughs> Defense side, I'm... Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I'm for, I'm, I protect the families. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't I don't know if I've ever pretended to be somebody else to get into something. Um, it's a unique scenario. Like what? Yeah, you, I'd have to be. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know that I definitely use my disability to not wait in like long queue lines for concerts or like yeah. events and stuff. I'm just like. Fuck this, I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> Just like hitting people in the butt. <laughs> yeah. And people go, like, they, they, everyone wants to help, but like in that scenario, everyone's like impatient, but they still have to help. And they're like, uh, uh, fuck, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> Just go. Just, just come on, hurry up. Uh, I know that because I, I tour a lot with Daryl Lennox, who's uh, visually impaired, and We've never waited in at an airplane lineup. Yeah, ever. I can imagine Daryl ever just get what he wants. <laughs> we just get whatever we want. Yeah. And and touring uh, down there. I mean, I never really get paid when I open for him uh, because it's illegal to get paid. Yeah. And he's like, I'll just take care of your flights and da da da. And if I can get you on stage, I'll get you on stage. But you can't be on the marquee. You can't be booked. Da da da. So whenever we get to each place, he goes, Can my guy do some time uh, so that we never? Have, but the, the whole point is so that the border guard, when they ask. I say no. I'm just escorting them. Yeah, they've never asked. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, they're just like right this way, Mister Visually Impaired. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. America and everything it has. Yeah, yeah. You should go to the strippers, feel some titties. You're here. Enjoy yeah, it. I, I, I should try and pull that card into the states myself. Yeah. You probably would be okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. They probably like. Uh, what are they gonna do? What are you doing in America? You're like golf. Like what are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to hit an 18. <laughs> Living my uh, living my dream to become a NASCAR driver. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, NASCAR rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there'll be. A, I'm sure there'll be a day where you could drive a car because mm. it'll be hooked up in a way where you just have to go Siri, go 35 <laughs> kilometers yeah, yeah, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, for those first few years, gonna be touch and go though. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. I can't even get her to do normal shit right now. No. Some of the text messages I send people, it's like you need like a. Uh, um, a decryptor to try and figure out what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and those people always get mad, but it says voice by Siri when you get a Siri thing. Yeah, so yeah. just go like, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's Siri. Exactly. Okay. And then try to play the game. But mm-hmm. people always go like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, at least try <laughs> to yeah, figure out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'd be nervous if you were driving a car. I get nervous with you just at the SkyTrain. Yeah, me too. It's <laughs> <laughs> straight up. I'm not going to lie. Once I figured out that that, like, some remote control cars can be put on the same frequency as electric wheelchairs? No. And when I'm too close to some remote control cars? No. When they push forward, I go you forward. You go forward? Yeah. <laughs> You're doing spins yeah. and shit? Yeah. My, 
my friend's shitty seven-year-old kid found that out. No. And he tortured me for a whole day. And, <laughs> and he just had that malicious, like, kid smile. Like, I know I'm fucking you up and you can't do anything about it because I'm seven years old. Yeah. And if you touch me, I'm going to yell for my mom. And I'm like... You got me, kid. All right, love you. There's, a, there's always one of those kids, right? Yeah. There's always one of them. I used to mascot for the University of Alberta. I was this bear. And, you know, once every six, seven games, it'd be some little shit. <laughs> just, and you're not supposed to talk, right? But yeah. there's only a matter of time before you go, listen, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. They're like eyes are open. I'm like, you yank my tail one more goddamn time, I'm gonna punt you. Yeah, yeah. Gonna... And you turn to the crowd. And you're like, hi everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being a mascot was a lot of fun. the The craziest thing that happened, I was the University of Alberta mascot, and it was like well known that I was the best because I was such a shit disturber. Yeah. Like, I'd go bang on the glass behind the hockey players, and when they turn around, I give them the finger, yes. <laughs> which they're not expecting. <laughs> no. If there was a basketball or volleyball timeout, I would get into the timeout circle and start nodding, so the players would just be like trying to listen to the coach, but they're like, "What the fuck is this mascot doing?" I used to like floss my in between legs with the other team's towel and then fold it up and put it back nicely. So, so the baseball team called me up and they're like, hey, can you, can you do it? And I was like, wow, I'm only in town for a week. And they're like, oh, it's opening weekend. Can you at least do that? And uh, in between, the, the, well, first of all, I learned that baseball, you can go even further. Like I could chug someone's beer and everyone is like on their feet celebrating. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's because I'm in a mascot suit. Like You can't do that without the suit. No, People no. will be like, get this guy the fuck out. Yeah. just drank my beer. But you can do it. I'd climb into private boxes and dance and stuff. And everyone would go nuts. But there was a, in between, at the sixth inning, I think it was, they got three little kids together. And they're like, okay, so you race the kids around the bases. And they go, you're supposed to have the lead, but in the end, make sure one of the kid wins. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So then I go to shortstop. I'm like, yo, I'm going to take off on these kids. And what you have to do is check me. Like, give me a body check. I'll bounce off you. Crowd's going to go nuts, right? Because it's two-thirds of the way. It's good story writing. Yeah. No problem. So the first two days I do that. Then the third day, I'm looking at this kid, and she's stretching her quads <laughs> before we're racing. I'm like, this is not good. It takes off. She's a goddamn sprinter. <laughs> she is going. And it's my job to be in the lead. <laughs> and I'm struggling to do that. Meanwhile, this beer belly that's on this cat that I'm in is just swinging left and right. Then this shortstop goes to tackle me. I'm like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. I barely, I barely turned third. This kid just legit beats me. The crowd went nuts because they knew it was a race because the other two were way back <laughs> and i'm just like breathing heavily on the side that was the highlight of, of my mascot baseball career do they have a fan built in the head they do yeah some yeah. of them do the, the good ones do the, yeah. the, but there's different suits they're not all the same some of them have like big eyes so you can really see what you're doing mm. and then other ones are like what the heck <laughs> So, like, volleyball would come around, and they're, like, just to entertain the crowd in between, I would throw a ball up and just hit it. But because I got no <laughs> eyes, it's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, and the thing about the University of Alberta is the, I mean, I, this is, I don't know if 2022, if they would allow this anymore. But at the time, they had two mascots for each sport. So the women were the pandas. And the men were the golden bears. Mm. And the golden bear was like, he looked like he did roids. Like mm -hmm. he was just like juice, all shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, I like took the suit off. And then they're like, oh, time to put the panda on. And I'm like, yeah, who does the panda? And they're like, what? You. <laughs> 
And I'm like, but isn't the panda a girl? And they're like, fucking saddle up, buddy. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, I can do it. So then I get into it, and then I like, then I start realize how much fun it is to be dainty and shy and sweet. And I just like took on this like very effeminate panda that was like in my mind for some reason from China. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, so sorry. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that was like my motivation. I didn't say that, but that's like how I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I pictured a panda being from. It's so funny. Yeah, completely different character. Yeah. Just, just always grabbing my face, always embarrassed, always shy. No, I'm just going to picture you as this like, Female panda now. <laughs> yeah. Was the costume for the female panda like all like? It was a big, big, big head and very slim body, okay. and I think she had a skirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was fun, and like for years after, people would text me. They'd be like, "Are you in the suit tonight?" And I'm like, "No, I, I don't even live in." I graduated, and they're like, "I could swear it's you. That's the panda tonight." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> A job opportunity just came up for the Vancouver Canucks to be their mascot, and I was like, "Should I? Like, I might have one of the best resumes around to do it, right? Yeah, you should, man. Yeah, they put like the the cats, the panda, and then go like stand up comedy. And I've worked at Rogers Arena, and just send that resume. Like, they'd probably at least interview me. Yeah, exactly. You get my vote, man. Yeah, I'd actually go to a Canucks game for a change. But the Canucks are too. They don't take enough chances. They're too safe. They yeah. wouldn't want someone like me. Like, their social media is, like, so happy to be supporting, whatever, Pride yeah. Day. Mm-hmm. While yeah. some sports teams are just like, we're getting gay as fuck today. <laughs> Pride. <laughs> That's like yeah. Vegas and Nashville and Carolina are like that. Yeah. yeah. Which well, I, is way more my style. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think Vancouver's too corporate. That's why. It's very corporate. Mm-hmm. It's very straight and narrow. And, like, I remember they, they went to Vegas and they're like, oh, so we went to Vegas to see because everyone loves Vegas and they had such a great uh, uprising in, in fandom. So we're going to go steal their ideas. And then they came back and all they did is they got like a fake Elvis impersonator. And I was like, that's <laughs> it? That's what you got? That's the poorest part of Vegas right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you had to go to Vegas to get an Elvis impersonator? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you could get some Chinese guy in Chinatown to do it. They always wanted to be. Uh, Elvis. Oh, yeah, Chinese Elvis would be way funnier. If I was in charge, Chinese Elvis every day. (laughs) But Vancouver, like, in Vegas, the mascot, he, like, murders the other team's mascot. That's how they start the game. He comes out with a, with an axe or a spear or something yeah. and just murders. They they have a mascot suit of every other team and they murder them. And then you're like, whoa, that is savage. Yeah, and then they get Little John to do music in the in the foyer sometimes and shit. It's so yeah, weird. they got Little John the foyer. You know who we have? Nearly Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. Not even Neil. Even if it was Neil Diamond, it wouldn't be as good as Little John. You know, yeah. it's not. It's nearly Neil Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Canucks say, uh, yeah, they need a little help. But, you know, if they're out there listening, which, you know, they probably aren't. But if they are, <laughs> yeah. hire me as a mascot. It'll be game changing. Yeah. And when you live my dream is playing goalie for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not the Vancouver Canucks because I never would put their jersey on. But anyway. What team are you a fan of? Are you a Leafs fan or something? I, I, well, I grew up in Leduc, mm. which is just at San Edmonton. And I grew up during the 80s, so I'm a diehard Oilers fan, and I hate Calgary with passion. Right. 
<laughs> so I do. I do love that about about uh, whenever I, I hear people that get very political, which things have gotten very political over the last like eight nine years, and I'm such a nonpartisan in that type of stuff. I always think. When those two people are fighting the left and the right, I go, this reminds me of the Oilers and Flames yes. so much. Yes. Like, even when one of them is right, the other one is like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> my, growing up, my dad um, would wear a jersey in Calgary. It was the Calgary Flames jersey with a circle on the line through the crest. And on the name bar, it said, sucks. <laughs> and he'd be pushing around to disable me in head-to-toe Oiler gear. Yeah. Uh, man, the people like shit on us so hard like Albertans didn't care if I was like an adorable kid in a wheelchair they would push me over and be like fuck you fuck you you yeah. Oilers fan yeah, yeah. My, my friend's such an idiot he wore a Canucks jersey at the Flames Oilers game and people were just like why <laughs> and somehow they like that was like the one time they united they were both like you know what fuck that guy yeah, yeah. yeah. I always felt that way about Toronto fans when Toronto fans show up, I'm like, we don't need to see your shitty jersey right here. Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> You're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, that's why you should bet on Boston every year to make it to the second round because they'll probably play Toronto and they'll probably win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, whenever I think of political stuff, I always think of, of, of that hockey rivalry of the two towns because uh, you'll hear people say something like completely right. Like, you'll never, ever, ever hear some person with like purple hair and a nose ring go you know what trump had some good ideas yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll never be like you know what when he banned uh uh abuse of animals on any level that was really good for the world like they <laughs> never say that in the same way an oilers fan would never be like you know what johnny goudreau had a fantastic year <laughs> yeah, that's true. it's the same sentence and then, and then that was what made uh matt and my relationship so interesting because we uh, agreed on most everything. Except, except for hockey. Except for hockey, 100%. And we were such big hockey fans that that was a huge topic of conversation mm. in the car when we were going. So you, had to, you just had to talk about other teams. Yeah, you had to be yeah. like, wow, Anaheim's got great defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Cordially, yeah. yes. Yeah. Nashville, oh, great yeah. centerman. Yeah. Totally. Yep. How about them flames? You fucking stay away from that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Matt Villain, uh, we were talking a little bit about it earlier, but basically what happened is the first time I met him, I was working for the Brett Martin show, and uh, our job was to find news headlines and then make jokes uh, based on the news headline, right? So it would be like, da-da-da, happened in the north, and then you go to write your punchline. Yeah. And I would always read, I would be like, oh, this is good. Write the whole joke out with the punchline. And just as I ended the the sentence, Matt, would say a better punchline than I had. <laughs> and then he'd go, I'm just kidding. What do you got? And I'm like, well, I'm not reading mine anymore. After everyone had laughed. <laughs> and he did that like 32 times. <laughs> he was the best in that way. He was so talented. So fast. It's almost his brain worked at like, there's comedic brains that work at different levels. Yeah. And I think Matt spent so much time Around Mike McDonald and Norm McDonald, that he didn't have a choice. Yeah. But to think that quickly. He had to think. Yeah, you had yeah. Sink, or, sink or swim, and, right? And I think um, he helped me develop that ability in myself. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not putting you on a show if you can't swim in the deep end. Yeah. So he'd push me in the deep end and be like, start treading water, motherfucker. Yeah, you know? start swimming. 
So, uh, yeah, the, the best stories that you have are the ones where he convinces you you're only doing like 15 minutes, and then right before the show, he tells you it's actually 30, and then he yeah. goes, Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was after like not doing comedy for almost eight months because I had my injury and I was on bed rest, and then I just went to go visit him because I just needed to get on my house. And he's like, Oh, I'll put you on a show and pay for part of your trip. And I'm like, Cool, cool. And I'm thinking, like you said, I was doing. A few minutes, and that was it, and he's like, oh, by the way, you're headlining, and you're doing 30 to 45 minutes. I was like, what? <laughs> and then he's like, good luck. Good luck, and bye. He just, he just walks away. Also carry and, my drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I, and I saw, I saw him get checked one time. He uh, was doing a, a George Floyd joke one time, which I think all the comedians thought about or tried or maybe, because it was so big in the news. Yeah. And one person in the crowd heckled him. And he goes, no, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have a response. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, are you just mad at me because of what I said? Or, <laughs> or do you actually have an opinion on this? Because I want to hear it. Yeah. And they were still quiet. And he's like, all right, well, fuck, that was your chance. <laughs> and what I loved about Matt, too, is when he did comedy, it seemed like a natural conversation like we're having now. Like, it didn't seem like it was an act. Yeah. It was just him, like... Talking. And talking and being funny. And it was... It's, it was... No matter how many times I saw him, and believe me, I saw him hundreds and hundreds of times. It, it always amazed me. I'd take a look at the crowd, and they'd be like, have this look in there. I'm like, is this the first time he's telling that joke? Is he telling the story for the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I do a lot. I fake that a lot now, because I started... My jokes started to get stale, and I'd listen to it, and then I'd listen to the same joke from like five years ago or three years ago, whenever I wrote it. And because there's good, you, you, when you write a really good joke, you may as well hold on to it. Yeah, you want to keep the good stuff. And then I was listening to it, and I was like, it sounded like I didn't know what I was going to say at the end. And so I tried it the next time I was on stage, uh, where the, I, the joke was that my. My uh, girlfriend, uh, she's a contemporary dance dancer, but I say ballerina because it's just easier. Yeah. And I say uh, she's got the body of a 15 year old Romanian boy <laughs> and the feet of a hundred year old man. <laughs> but I started just saying it too quickly or whatever, and then I then I started like trying to picture it, and I was like, she's got like the body, and you know what I mean, and then yeah. I'm like. A 15-year-old, and then once I realize that I'm saying it for the first time, it starts hitting again, and I'm like, oh, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You always want to fool people into thinking it's a natural thought that you're just thinking on the spot, so. Yeah, and I love when people go, is that a true story? And then I go, well, all my stories are true. (laughs) Some of the details. But it's gotten to the point where I've told so many stories on stage so many times that my version of the story has become the truth. No one remembers the actual truth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I will never correct them. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost better that way. No, just... it's way better. Because then yeah. all those people go, no, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I'm the only one that's like, nah, they're only yeah. knowing my version. <laughs> I have a good, like, nine-minute bit about going to Mac. I, so what I did is I have uh, high school friends, and, like, they're really nice, sweet boys, and I'm, like, fucked up. Mm. And so I was, and they're like, can you give us like a really cool bachelor party? And I was like, I think I was smoking a cigarette at the time. I'm like, how cool. (laughs) (laughs) And so what I ended up doing is like uh, kidnapping all their, or stealing all their passports, putting them in the van and told them we're going on a wine tour. And then I took them to Tijuana 
for the night. Oh, shit. And I lost them all. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> and uh, the cell phone thing wasn't working because that's like you're out of uh, country or whatever. And this is like long enough ago that it was like a legit problem. Mm. And I go outside and there's just a bunch of people looking to rob mm. me. And then I go back mm. into the strip joint. We went to a strip joint too. Mm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I tell a nine-minute vision of that version of that story, and That's every awesome. time I tell it, it's it's so long that I can't not tell it for the first time, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And everything changes as you go along, and you find it right, and then. But yeah. everyone, everyone now tells that Mexico story the way I tell it on stand-up, yeah. not the way it actually happened. Yeah. And there's some like order of sequence that's off. Well, that's the joy of stand-up is people never know. If what you're saying is actually true events, or if it's just some uh, figment of your imagination, yeah. So yeah, I remember the. I mean, the first the first show I ever did, uh, a first true stand-up show I ever did was the Yuck Off, mm. uh, which is a stand-up competition. I think he came second the year that I that I did it. And so what had happened is like three months earlier, I got jumped in the streets of Vancouver. This guy like lit, legit tried to kill me, but then the cops came. Yeah. And so I couldn't do my job anymore. And, and I'm not the type of person that I'd like, I hate being a victim. It's not a mentality I have. And I go, okay, well, if I can't do what I was doing, then what will I do? And then I was like, well, I was always a good storyteller. So why don't I just do that? So I started writing and then a stand-up comedy competition came up, yuck off, and mm. it was down the street. And I was like, I'll sign up for that. And it goes three rounds. First one's five minutes, second seven, third's ten. So I wrote 22 minutes of stand-up comedy yeah, <laughs> thinking I was going to advance to the next <laughs> round. Yeah. Then I don't want to reuse those dumb old jokes. I, you know. And so I get to the show, and I the first five, I end it with talking about getting jumped. For some reason, I thought that would be hilarious. Uh, and I did a joke. It was so stupid. It, like The crowd is like, what the fuck? This guy got murdered? And my joke was like, as my eyes are closing, I saw a sign that said, parking monitored by Drake. And I thought, wow, that guy does everything. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but the crowd was just like... They were not ready to laugh after they just heard me getting beaten to death in the streets. And uh, and then I get off stage, and then Amber Harper Young's up second. She just crushes. And then after that, it's uh, Ryan Gunther. And he just goes up and crushes. And I realize I'm not doing my seven and ten <laughs> that I had written. Yeah. So I'm so mad, and I'm just like, I, I just, I gotta go, I gotta go for a walk. So I go out to the front, and then I decide to go to the bathroom. And all I hear is like, is that him? From like this deep, deep voice was like, is that him? And I was like, fuck, hopefully it's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> that guy looks scary. So I go to the bathroom and then all I hear is sit down. I go, uh, okay. And I'm like, am I going to get murdered? And there's one light and it's shining over Daryl Lennox. And he's just like, he's like, are you fucked up? I'm like, ah, like <laughs> drunk? He's like, no, I mean psychologically. <laughs> You're talking about getting shit kicked up there, trying to make that shit funny with the Drake amateur stuff? And I'm like, ah, this is a lot for me to process right now. And he's like, listen, I'm gonna... I'm going on the road for three months, and when I come back, I'm headlining here, and you're going to open for me. you got to fix that joke. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Shit. And that's how my comedy career started. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He, didn't, he, he knew, like, I remember him saying the line, uh, you're going to be good one day. One day. He goes, not not today. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. That's what I love about Daryl. So honest. When, when I did the show with you and Daryl was on the show recently when Daryl's like, yeah, Ryan and I have a perspective and we tell the truth about things. Yeah. I was like, finally somebody like understands 
why I say some of the things I say. Because I know most able-bodied audiences are like, it's funny, but we don't really, like, we can't relate to it. But I knew, I knew that Daryl would get. He would get it, yeah. Yeah, he would get it, man. And Man, he, I respect Daryl so much. So much. I keep bugging him to, to come do this. I just want to spend time and be around him because yeah. he's just, if you want somebody to tell you the truth, the two people in comedy that I know, actually three people that I know, well, always tell me the truth, are uh, Matt Billen, Daryl Lennox, and Peter Hudson. They're just brutally honest with me no matter what. Yeah. They don't care if it hurts my feelings. Yeah. They'll just be like, you know what? People might have laughed at that joke, but that joke sucks. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. You know? And, you're, do, you're doing 15 tonight and don't waste the first five like yeah, you did last night, you yeah, fucking yeah, moron. Yeah, pretty much. These people are paying. Yeah. While other people would be like, oh, hi, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're pussies. Yeah. Fuck yeah. those guys. Yeah, I remember my buddy who's in a wheelchair that I grew up with, um, his name's Corey, and for Halloween, he's like, I'm going to go as Crippled Flash. And I was like, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty funny. And then I was like, I was like, you know what? Give me your fucking backup wheelchair. I'm going to be crippled Superman, <laughs> which has also crippled Clark Kent. Yeah. And I'd roll in and I'd be like, I heard crippled Superman was just here. And people were like, ha ha. Like, they didn't think it was funny at all. But me and, me and Corey were like, that's hilarious. <laughs> but I remember what the big thing that I noticed is that people treated me differently and they acted like, it was like, I don't know if patronizing is the right word, but they'd be like, good for you. I'm like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> for fucking doing Halloween? Fuck you. Yeah. How about that? And Corey's just like, calm down. This is just what they're like. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, this is what the able-bodieds are like. And I'm like, fuck the fucking tabs. Fuck them. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we got to a hill, and he just crushed it. Because he's built for it, right? He's been in a wheelchair for however long. Yeah. Just crushes it. Gets to the top, lights a dart, smokes the entire thing before I S my way up there. And, <laughs> and he's got this deep Batman voice. He's like, not going to lie. Thought you were just going to stand up and walk up that hill. <laughs> Gained a lot of respect for you just now. And he flicks the cigarette and he's like, let's go. And I'm like... <laughs> Smiling. It's so funny. Yeah. That's awesome. But I know what you mean. It's like, why can't we just all be the same? Why do you have to? Yeah. yeah. And that, I'm glad those guys are honest with you. Because, yeah. you know, you're not going to get better without the honesty. Well, the one thing, because I've had a, a lot of chances to, I wouldn't call them necessarily motivational speak, but do like speaking engagements. Yeah. And the one thing I tell people during it, because they always find out that I'm a comedian, blah, 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 all that stuff. I'm like, I'm not funny because I'm in the chair. I'm funny because of who I am. No. I just happen to use the chair to get around. Like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, you have to address the chair at some yeah. point. Otherwise, people are going to be like, does he even know that he's in a chair? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I told the best, like, I'm in a wheelchair joke. There was a throwaway joke that I'll probably never be able to use again. But it was at a recent show in Vancouver, and it was at the Havana... And it was in that back room, and it was like 35 degrees outside, so it was like, felt like it was 40 degrees inside, inside that back room. And I just, Gavin Clarkson was holding my mic, and I just looked at Gavin, and I looked at the crowd, and I went, I'm not really in a, wheel, a wheelchair. And then I paused for like five seconds, and I was like, it's just too fucking hot. <laughs> and that, that was yeah. it. And he got the biggest, like, 
wheelchair drunk laugh I've ever got. <laughs> and it was just like... Because everyone could feel it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, God, I want to use what he's using because I don't want to walk in the Yeah, gym. I don't want to walk either. <laughs> that thing got a fan in it? Yeah. <laughs> it's half ice cream drunk, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think the my favorite part about you, besides you know anything that's not comedy related, is that um, it's. I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier, where I'll never be a victim. Like as hard as my life has been, as fucked up as it's been, as all the crazy stuff as it's been, it like I, it, I don't want to sound cliche, but it just defines who I am, and I like who I am, so I wouldn't change it necessarily. Mm. Like I might, yeah. you know make some of the punches a little softer or something, but, (laughs) uh, but that victim mentality doesn't get you anywhere. And I see it in people that have, they get the slightest thing against them and everyone has to hear about it and they complain. Mm -hmm. And and especially in the comedy scene, they'll get slighted just a slight bit and they go over to Susie or whoever and like, so-and-so did this. And then you have to hear about it for years. But what I love about you is you probably got it tougher than anyone. And I never hear you complain. No, no, and that that is motivational to me. Thank you. Yeah, it keeps me strong thinking about how strong you are. Well, I appreciate that, man. Because I try and not complain, uh, because this is all I know. So why complain about it? Yeah, and, and and if you are gonna complain, it's gonna be on stage and with a punchline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's where I should be able to complain. Yeah, because that's what comedians do. Oh, but they love it. People yeah. love it when you get fired up. Yeah. <laughs> I have friends that still, after all these years, will phone me, like, ten minutes before the show just to try and get me angry, so I mm. go on stage and I start ranting. Just a little myself. bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I was uh, emceeing a wedding, and uh, at the time, I was kind of seeing this girl, and she was supposed to come to the wedding, and she postponed it, and then right before the wedding thing started, she goes, you know what, I'm not going to make it, and I remember being so mad, and I was like, you know what? Just delete my fucking number. And then I hung, you know, hung up and I was like, you know, I can't even rely on these. And I went mm. on stage and that was like one of the best performances yeah. I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it tastes so Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then you come on and you're like, hey, everybody, what a great <laughs> wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think my opening line was short and sweet, just like the couple. Yeah. <laughs> And then look at each other. I'm like, the roast begins. <laughs> oh, I hate to cut this short, but we're running long today. Oh. Yeah. We got to do some shout outs. Is there anything? I, we wanted to talk about the Bill and Foundation, yes? Well, yeah. So uh, along with going to my website, you can also go to BillandFoundation.com or you can go to my website and click on the BillandFoundation.com link in my website or on my website and on, I don't know, what the fuck. Um... <laughs> And go to it. It is an organization that um, the Billing family, myself, and a couple other people came together and we created after we lost Matt. And what it does is we raise money for comedians and other artists who are struggling with mental health and addiction issues and we get them the help that a lot of people can't afford because we are people that are quite often unable to collect benefits so when you don't have benefits stuff like that gets really expensive so what we do is we go around the country do a bunch of charity shows and different events to raise money and if you need help we're gonna help you so 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and while on that topic, like if you're one of those people that talks to your MP all the time, bring up the fact that comedians don't get benefits and comedians aren't recognized as an art in this in this yeah. country. It's true. Because comedians make some of the best artists in this country. Some of the most talented people in, in, in this country are comedians. Yeah. And we're often overlooked by a lot of things. Totally. But yet everybody's happy to come to a show. Yeah. Yep. So go figure. And the first show is sold out, hey, Soberfest? Yeah, yeah. In, in Victoria, so. Fantastic. But if you want to donate towards the Bill Foundation or my GoFundMe to get me banned to help me get to the Soberfest in Victoria, yeah. you can do so by going to RyanLachance.com. Awesome. That, on that thought, I'm going to wish you all well. Well, can I say one quick thing? Oh, sure. I lost a $20 bill out on the streets of Vancouver, so if anyone finds... Money on the ground. It belongs to me. <laughs> Please send it to me. That's uh, a good way to end this. Bye, everybody. Bye. Was that a good bell? Yeah, it felt awesome. I feel better now. All right. <laughs>